Hey everybody, Perry just stopping in here at the top of what was originally supposed to be this week's episode, but due to some unforeseen for, uh, circumstances, rather. Uh, instead, what you are hearing is the first of two ISO sessions that's going to be coming out this week. This one is uh, one that was recorded uh, with friend of the show, Alan Cornett, who runs the Eat Kentucky podcast, which if you have not listened to before, definitely go and check that out. And the second one uh, is coming out this Friday, which is with Abby and Elena from Bourbon and Blondes. It was an episode that was supposed to come out a couple weeks ago, and uh, unfortunately due to my schedule, it didn't quite make it to air, but things have kind of, things have opened up a little bit and I've been able to get a, a lot of help from a really good friend of the show, Colin Cox, who is one of the hosts of the Hop Ons podcast, uh, which they, they have, he and John have been on the show before. If you've not listened to that episode, it was, gosh, probably about two years ago at this point. Um, and they've got an ISO session coming up here very soon as well. Anyway, that just the 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 point is that he Colin uh, has taken on the editing of the ISO sessions, and I'm very thankful for him uh, and all the work that he has done to continue this really cool and fun series uh, that I have enjoyed recording a lot and having these conversations with uh, these folks a whole lot. So. Um, I really appreciate Colin for, uh, for for checking in with me and for trying to make sure that everything was okay and for continuing the ISO sessions. Um, I, I do a little bit of plugs at the end of the show, but um, I'll do them again up top here. If you've not already followed uh, this show, it is at my bourbon pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Um, you can leave us a five-star rating and review here on iTunes. If that is where you are listening, all you have to do is just scroll down in the main page and you can just leave a review right there. It's super duper easy. And then you can become a patron of the show at patreon.com slash my bourbon podcast for as little as a dollar a month. And that's going to do it for the ISO sessions intro, I guess. <laughs> but uh, next week, uh, we will definitely be back with a full episode. We just have had a million different things going on over the past week. Uh, Swan's been moving. I've been dealing with, uh, with work stuff and, um, trying to take care of the house before the baby comes and there, there's just there's a lot going on man there's a lot that's happening so i uh, will be back we'll be back very soon but that doesn't mean that you don't have stuff to listen to so in the meantime enjoy this week's edition of the this is my bourbon podcast iso sessions and i'll see you back next week for the main episodes cheers guys <laughs> to this edition of the This Is My Room Podcast ISO Sessions. I am Perry, the host of This Is My Room Podcast. I am so excited to welcome in friend of the show, kind of uh, behind the scenes. He's not had the chance yet to be on a, a main episode just yet, but hopefully once all of this kind of calms down and, and we can get together again, we'll actually make a full episode out of it. But uh, please welcome to the show, Alan Cornett of the Eat Kentucky Podcast. 
Hey, thanks for having me. Is this so? This is kind of like an audition episode, I guess. If I, so, yeah. If I if I pass, then I can <laughs> I can make, make it to the big leagues. Really, you've got to really make your case. I mean, I hope that you didn't prepare a streetcar named Desire for your your monologue. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. But well, yeah, my 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 palms are already sweaty. At this point. <laughs> Alan, well, welcome to the the ISO sessions. It's uh, we we've talked uh, many times about having you on before, and uh, this is the the first time that we've really gotten to sit down i mean i'll i'll be it virtually and just chat in this space so I, i'm really happy to to have you on even even at a distance but uh how how are you dealing how are you uh surviving and thriving as i've been saying during the uh the isolation of covid19 pretty well i mean i i get out of the house uh sometimes more than i want to because i my daughter is a is a grocery store employee and is a, I guess, an essential worker. And sure. so I I am her transportation most of the time. So I get out to drop her off and pick her up, you know, so I'm, <laughs> I get to actually see the street. Sometimes people don't do that. And I uh, I try to get out of the house just to, for walks, and uh, I've been doing lots of gardening. Uh, <laughs> been working on been working on the yard. I've been uh, creating flower beds, so I uh, my yard should come out of this looking better than it has in years by the time <laughs> that this is by the time that this is over. Um, so that's you know that's positive. I, I've uh, been listening to lots of podcasts while I yes. while I work out in the yard, yeah. uh, and go on walks and so forth. So uh, actually, this is good. I'm glad you're doing this series because I uh, I usually listen to uh, to this is my bourbon podcast on the day it comes out, and then it's done. And uh, <laughs> you know, and so uh, I've got you know I've got I've got my my little group. Of of podcasts that I that I try to listen to every week, yeah, and absolutely. Uh, but I but I've just been kind of blowing through them, and uh, so you know this is it's what I do when I go outside a lot of times, and uh, just sort of my pockets talking to me with my phone in my pocket. So, <laughs> this um, is very much me trying to get caught up on everything that I've <laughs> I've missed out on. I mean, I'm I'm about to start a uh, an at home, uh, well, remote customer service job on Tuesday for the Kentucky government actually trying to help people with the uh the unemployment process online. Um, oh nice. So I I am going to spend many many weeks getting caught up on the movies and the TV shows and the podcasts that I said I just haven't gotten to yet. So I'm either going to be really well cultured by the end of this or I'm just going to be a, a pit <laughs> of you know references that nobody's going to understand. <laughs> That's right. Well, yeah, and in the evenings my wife and I've been you know, we've been hitting the the, the Netflix basics. We we did the uh, the new season of Ozark, which uh, we got caught up on yeah. that, and now we're we're trying to do trying to catch up with everybody on Tiger King right now. So everybody's, <laughs> everybody's already done that, and of course, our reaction every night is all these people are crazy. But... <laughs> They're all insane. Nobody <laughs> that's has. <right. laughs> so you Nobody know, that's their right sort of head on right at all. That's that's sort of an exercise in superiority. We can go well. <laughs> at least my life's not that screwed up. <laughs> <laughs> and even still, we're all kind of like, eh, we're all in the same boat of insanity, I think. <laughs> right. My wife likes cats, so we, we have more cats in the house than oh, I Oh, okay. I thought you meant for a second so, that you like the movie no, cats. No, no, no. Well, no, I've, I've actually not seen it. Um, I do like T.S. Eliot, but... Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, but that's two very different things in this right, day and age. Yeah. 
but we uh, we have house cats, and my wife is a is and and I have also have three daughters, and they all so they all love the cats, and so <laughs> um, so I watch this and go, well, this guy's actually got you know like four hundred tigers, and we just got you know four house cats, so that's you know that's. <laughs> It doesn't, it doesn't make it seem quite as quite as crazy, and and nobody here has uh, you know has we, that we're aware of has has killed anybody and fed them to, to wild animals. So all of a sudden, Uncle Louie's not coming to dinner anymore. On That's Sunday. right. Where is he? Where is he? I'm a, I'm just kind of an animal person in general. Like I can't I can't qualify myself as a cat person or a dog person. I mean, I just you know I just want that kind of unmitigated affection that comes from 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 having a pet you know and and one that you can sure. snuggle i mean you can't snuggle up right. to a you know to a turtle that hangs out in the <laughs> right yeah in a glass a cage all day yeah they're not too cuddly i don't not necessarily no <laughs> snapping uh, get a nice snapping turtle for uh <laughs> yeah, <that's> bedtime right. <laughs> snuggles <laughs> but i mean i can sympathize with uh with cat people. And I, it like, I will say this about Tiger King. It did make me step back for a second and go, now, if I bought one tiger, would I go that crazy? <laughs> like, would I get that involved in <laughs> the world of exotic animals? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting. I, my wife and I were talking about it last night after we finished the most recent episode, the episode we're on. And uh, I was just like, you know, everybody... Everybody who's attracted to this world is just completely insane. I mean, you just don't have you don't have just like you know like an, a normal accountant or something who who happens to have a few tigers on the side or something like that. It's just all these people are you know they're nuts. And uh, but but the question is like, were they obsessive before they bought their first big cat or? Did the the big cat <laughs> begin their descent into madness? You yeah, know, like they, what what is the in between and egg things? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I, well, it it seems like they were probably all somewhat nuts before. That's uh, before they got <laughs> before they got involved. But so you can judge people a little bit by the I guess the the animals they keep. I suppose. Sure. I, I will say this, and I and I'm not a I'm not a PETA person at all, but yeah. it has it has made me think. Boy, this this idea of people actually owning these individually is really not a good idea because you just uh, you see how how badly those animals are treated, and yeah, uh, and absolutely. it's just really it's really sad. Have you are are you familiar with the uh, the Zanesville Zoo massacre of twenty twelve? I, I guess not. I, you know, I feel like I should be. That's so not that the, long ago. It, it, yeah, it, it really wasn't. But it was this this wild story of a man in Ohio who he he owned uh, big cats and and really exotic animals in general um, privately, and he he was a fairly well known uh, uh, person in the Zanesville, Ohio community, and was you know well respected and loved by by everybody. Um, and he he was in I think he was in Vietnam and he came back and just was dealing with all of the mental, you know, stressors that, you know, are PTSD. 
And part of it was he just kind of locked into that that mindset of buying exotic animals, much like Joe Exotic or Carol Baskin right. or, you know, wh- whatever. But the the unfortunate part of it all was that he was also fairly severely depressed, too. And so one night he decided to uh, release all of his animals into the world. Um, but he unfortunately committed suicide beforehand. So the, it's it's the really weird dark side. And I know that people are listening to this uh, these ISO sessions trying to get a little bit of levity. But it's a really interesting story that's on the opposite side of the craziness that is Tiger King. Um, but th- this guy went unregulated. He had no laws that were keeping him from owning big cats or, or exotic animals or anything. And then he he committed suicide, but beforehand released all of the animals out into the community. And they just, they went on a killing spree. I, they, they, they attacked residents as, as, of the community. Because they're wild animals. Exactly. Yeah. They, they don't know the difference between, you know, what is prey and what is not. Is there a documentary or anything about about it? There is not. There are uh, different uh, like podcast episodes that have, have covered it. Oh, okay. um, Do Go On is one. I think Pod Save America might have done one. I have to go back and look. Um, but there's a very extensive GQ article, actually, uh, that goes into what, what happened and, and everything. I might actually link it below uh, in the description for this bonus episode. Um, but it's it it is you know for all the kind of and, and it's in quotation marks glitz and glamour that is uh tiger king or like the you know the public side of it there's like an, a a seedy underbelly of it too oh sure well because well, <laughs> i think the t- tiger king if tiger king's not the seedy underbelly you don't really want to see well the, okay that that is actual, that is fair. the actual seedy i mean Je- jeff lowe seems like a sleaze bag so <laughs> Anyway, I, I know that people have, uh, you know, been getting way knees deep into into Tiger King recently. So we'll we'll just let people enjoy that for what it's worth. Absolutely. But, uh, That's I, fine. Alan, I, I, I'm curious, I, considering that, you know, you are the, the host of the Eat Kentucky podcast. Have you uh, spent a lot more time uh, cooking uh, and, and crafting dishes uh, during quarantine, during isolation? What I have been doing is eating all the things that my daughter just has eating been more in general. Okay, fair yeah, enough. <laughs> well, my 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 middle daughter has uh, loves baking projects, so this she should be in school right now, mm-hmm. but uh, so she's she's home, so she's been baking things, and it's actually helped out my Eat Kentucky Instagram content because I've been taking photos of it <laughs> and posting them. But uh, so I I have I. I I have been gaining what what some have called the COVID nineteen while I've been <laughs> <laughs> while I've been home because uh, I feel that man I, I feel that <laughs> on a deep spiritual I, level. Let me that's tell you. right. I've been I've been hitting the carbs. So uh, yesterday she made uh, she made some. This actually isn't, of course, baking, but she made uh, some banana pudding, uh, which we had today and and I will attest is very very good. So uh, and of course uh right now she's working on some uh, she started she did some sourdough bread starter so she's going to have sourdough bread coming out soon and uh, you know I feel a, a, a sense of fatherly 
duty obligation to eat some of these things so she doesn't feel bad about it. <laughs> so, but, but uh, I mean, look, Alan, this is a safe space. It was, were you happy with consuming it? Uh, well, <laughs> I don't, I hate them. oh. Let's just, let's just say I feel I feel an obligation to uh, <laughs> big big grudging obligation and, and right as well and then the second the second and third servings maybe uh, <laughs> maybe aren't wise but I well I will say you know I, I have I have this uh, I have eat Kentucky which I've had you know one form or another for five years or so now sure. and uh, but I am not a great cook now i i do a little bit of baking i have a few dishes that i that are sort of my go-to's uh that i that i will do but i am i guess more of a a follower of other people's uh cooking which is better than mine and uh which i will say uh, as somebody who bases a lot of what he does on restaurants and so forth. This has been a little bit tough because you can't can't get out. And uh, uh, so, you know, it's been, it's been a little bit, uh, a little bit limiting. So of course the podcast uh, is all, has also been a great outlet. And as, as you well know, uh, this is a good time to, uh, to do, remote interviews. It is. So, it is indeed. <laughs> uh, and so I have, uh, I've been doing, I've been hopping on Zencaster and, and doing interviews. And I've got, a, I've got one scheduled for tomorrow and probably another one later this week that I've got to firm up, uh, that just sort of fell into my lap. And, uh, because people are, people have free time. So if I hit people up, they're more likely to agree to do it. I typically don't have a difficult time getting people to agree to do an interview. It's tougher to get them scheduled to do yes. the interview. <laughs> yes. Uh, that's I the challenge. Confirmed. That's how it goes. Right. Because people, people generally are very agreeable, but they also have things to do. And, yes. <laughs> uh, you know, talking to me for an hour or whatever, isn't necessarily at the top of their fun agenda, <laughs> but, um, but now they're trapped at home. So, you know, I can say, hey, uh, let's talk. But I, I, typically with, with my interviews, I prefer to do them in person. So I, I have a little mobile set up yeah. and I will go to them or we will meet somewhere convenient and, uh, and do the interview. Because I, I feel like I get a lot better rapport with them because usually it's not somebody that I know sometimes it is, I might have, you know, be at least be acquaintances with them. But a lot of times it's people that I, that I just don't know. And absolutely, it's harder, it's harder to develop uh, that rapport when you're just staring at a microphone and a computer screen in front of you. And, uh, and it's easy for them and for you to maybe get distracted, particularly them. I'm usually looking at my jotted down questions, but (laughs) what, what I've tried to do is, uh, I, there were some people that I sort of had on my mental list who were not in Kentucky and, but had some sort of Kentucky angle. So I've been trying to kind of, uh, target those individuals target sounds a little aggressive I guess, but, uh, <laughs> focus on those individuals and try to work through some uh, some podcast interviews that would 
almost certainly be remote anyway. Sure. People. Yeah. So I've interviewed yeah. people in uh, someone in Denver and someone in North Carolina and someone in Mississippi. All of those people we've talked about things involving Kentucky food, but they are people that it would be difficult for me to get to face to face anyway. So so I've, I've been trying to. Uh, trying to focus on those, although a couple of people, like the interview I have tomorrow, is somebody that I had hoped to sit down with, and uh, we were supposed to get together, but then, then this happened, right? And right. Uh, and so I put it off for a little while because I thought, well, this is going to end, and I can still get together with him, but who knows when it's gonna when it's gonna be, or when he's gonna feel comfortable getting sure. together with somebody. Sure. So we're just going to go ahead and set it up and, or we have set it up and, and, uh, he's also got a little bit of a time sensitive, uh, project going on that I'd like to get out. So, uh, so it's, you know, you, you try to take the situation and, uh, and make lemonade out of the lemons. What can I, sure. how can I do this? And so, uh, the, the interview that I, and, and I'll, I'll tease this by saying it's got, it's got some, some a little bit of a bourbon angle Ooh, on it. Okay. Um, right. That this was somebody that I just happened to, to interact with on Instagram, uh, who I typically have not, and just sort of threw out, hey, love to have you on the podcast sometime. And she said, well, I'm, I've got plenty of time right now. Let me know. So, oh, uh, oh. oh. <laughs> So. I think I might know who it is now. Uh, okay. So. Well. <laughs> Possibly so. I don't know. I don't Maybe, know. We'll, uh, we'll find out either way. I, I want to remain, uh, I'll remain, you know, surprised as, as much as right. everybody else right. does. But, um, but perhaps there are going to be lots of, of podcasts with this person dropping before long. Who knows? That is, I don't know. That's really <laughs> cool though. That is really cool. Uh, so, you know, I, I will say, uh, and, and I mean, I know that, that you've, I'm, I know that you've experienced this too, that uh, there are people who will agree to talk to you that you might not expect would. Yes. <laughs> and so, <Yeah. laughs> uh, you know, you, you ask, you, you and, and I'm not saying that, that you don't sometimes get turned down. And typically I don't get turned down. Sometimes I get ignored, which I guess is a way of being turned down. But people typically don't tell me no. Right. right. Uh, uh, and sometimes you do have to be persistent I mean, it's there. There have been people who've agreed to do a podcast that I've had to kind of follow up with over a course of literally months. Yeah. Uh, yeah. To finally get to do the interview, and when we get to do the interview, they're perfectly happy to do it. It's it's not that they were avoiding me. I don't think, but they just it just wasn't working, and that's fine. You just have to accept. Uh, except that that's what you're going to have to do. Some people it's like, Hey, let's do this. And you can sit down with them tomorrow, you know, sure. and they're, they're yeah. ready to go. It just, it's just how it fits into, into their lives, and their schedule. I mean, it's for them, it's not their focus and it's not, uh, it's not something that's high on their agenda. And you just have to accept that it's, you know, it's, it's my project and with you, you know, this, this is your project and you're the one who's concerned about it. And, right you can't get upset that it's not this other person's priority to do it. And, um, sure. uh, but typically people are very gracious about it. Yeah, for sure. And I think that people are, you know, at this point trying to find a way to still promote what they're doing, something that they love and something that they've put a lot of passion into. And unfortunately, if, if people cannot go out and enjoy that product 
enjoy the fruits of the labor. The second best thing is to talk about it and and get people excited for it. So it makes sense that there are those <laughs> those folks who are, you know, all of a sudden going, yeah, I'm, I might take a bite off of that and I might try to, you know, promote what I'm doing a little bit more. But at, at the same time, you know, ev- everybody still has stuff going on. I think that's something that we haven't really realized that, you know, people are still, they're still dealing, I think. Right. Yeah. And, and, and they're still, Absolutely. you know, we, we all have these, I think, and I've joked about it before, but we, we all have these kind of little projects that we're trying to involve ourselves in, um, just to stay sane. So right. the, the balance between the two it's kind of unprecedented <laughs> during this time. Oh, sure. I, yeah, ab- absolutely. I mean, and and everybody's especially now getting a little stir crazy, and um, you know, and some people, some people are more isolated than others. I mean, yeah, you know, for when sure. I'm, when for I'm, sure. When I'm isolated, I'm I'm in a house with with four other people, you know, <laughs> and um, and so and so for me, I was like, maybe I'll go outside to the yard, work in the yard for a while, but, uh, <laughs> you know. But there are people who really are by themselves, and that uh, it would be, you know, it's challenging uh, to deal with that because there's really nobody for them to have contact with. Yeah, and and you know a. a I think I might have said it every time that I've recorded one of these ISO sessions, but you know, th- this was created out of the sense of, I just want to check in with people and I want to make sure everybody's doing okay. And, and you know, we're all craving some kind of human connection or some ability to just conversate with others. And it, it's, it may not have been something that could have existed outside of COVID-19. So, you know, if, if again, I'm looking for some kind of silver lining in this case, it's allowing me to be creative and be creative in this, in, in a space where I don't have a, a an excuse not to. Sure. Sure. It's yeah. I, I mean, it's, you've just got to make yourself uh, sit down and, and edit these out, mm-hmm. which is <laughs> which is yeah, something I've exactly. got to do. I've got I've got a little bit of a of an editing backlog right now. I'm going to have to bear <laughs> down on it. I've been interviewing faster than I've been editing, so interviewing parts fun. The editing parts uh, not always is I, exciting. But. I haven't had that problem in a while, which is really interesting. Like when when I first started the show, I was like, we've got to you know record as much as possible, and we've got to get you know these people on and I've I've just got to really burn through, you know, recording sessions. But like recently I've just felt like I want to take the time with it and I want to set up genuine, authentic moments with people. And like, that's something that I have totally, totally missed and lost uh, during these times. I mean, I, I can't sit down with distillers and share a, a glass of what they have produced and then talk about it. I, I have to, you know, it. Th- there is a, th- this is what I think is really fascinating about the, the approaches that you and I take to creating media, to creating our, our content, right? I think that food is just as easily talked about as it is consumed, Right. I think so. Yeah. And like 
there there is an essence of experience that comes with drinking somebody else's whiskey that cannot necessarily be conveyed just by talking about it just because of the uniqueness behind it. I, and I feel like I'm being a little condescending and I apologize. To that. <laughs> no, but <laughs> no, I I'm, I'm not offended, but like I, I, I really, really miss just getting to sit down face to face with somebody and, and pour a glass of, you know, I just had some uh, Nika from the barrel. Um, mm-hmm. just sitting down and talking about that with somebody. Yeah, I, I I've got a that. I've got a bottle of that hiding around here somewhere. <laughs> that's the other thing too. You and I are also both collectors. Yeah, that's a little bit of a problem for me. <laughs> I, I mean, as much of a I, quote unquote foodie as you are, you are still very much a, a bourbon collector, bourbon drinker. Yeah, I mean, and, and food you can't collect, so that's probably good. <laughs> I mean, you could, but it would you look could. That'd really be a little scary. weird. Yeah, that would be weird. Yeah, this is some. Ch- <laughs> This is some chicken Alfredo that I, <laughs> that I got in 1997. That's just a pile of fuzz. Let's, yeah, well, that's shut right. up, let's, okay? <laughs> let's, let's crack that open. Uh, yeah, no, you know, you can't do that. That's probably good, but, um, now I, you know, you, it, it's hard not to suffer from bottle creep, I guess we'll, we'll say. Sure. I try not to be... And, and and I guess good thing is I I don't have the funds to be a big unicorn. Right. Um, Neither do guy. I. <laughs> so I can't. Yeah. So, you know, I don't have bottles of pappies surrounding me. And, you know, here's my here's my 20 year run of, of pappy or whatever. But right. Uh, but it's it's nice to have a wide variety of things. And then I have been fortunate recently to uh, to be able to trade for some things that I otherwise uh, wouldn't have been able to get, uh, and usually I'm uh, I'm able to trade you know sort of bottle for bottle or a couple of bottles for another bottle rather than I, I don't really do I don't really you know w- when I'm when I'm getting another bottle I don't pull out cash sure. if I can help it yeah. because I you know I've just uh, if I've got something they want and you know, they have something I want. Like recently I did a, a Weller foolproof for a William heaven Hill trade. Oh wow. Which was, yeah, that was great for me because the, the foolproof I could, I could get well or had gotten and had an extra. Um, and, but the weapon, William heaven Hill, literally that's not something that I would at certainly at this point feel comfortable with just going and dropping the cash for Because sure. That's a lot of sure. money. Uh, but, you know, I, um, Chad and Sarah were raving about it on, on this is bourbon <laughs> night, you know, so I, I was, I was influenced by their, by their proclamations. So I thought, well, you know, it'd be nice. It would be nice to try that. It'd be nice to have that. And it's good. <laughs> well, yeah. And I've opened it. I mean, as soon as I got it, I opened it cause I wanted to try it. So I've, you know, I've got more unopened bottles than I should, but most of those are unopened just because I haven't gotten around to it. Not that I'm, um, it's because it's because I have too much. Have, have you found yourself kind of reevaluating whether or not you should be holding on to bottles during this time? Because uh, I really what, have. I, I have what been. You, you mean you mean holding on is in not opening them exactly, yet? Exactly. Kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, I guess I try not to. Uh, prohibit myself from opening something that I really want to open. Um, I'm pretty 
good about opening things. That's not to say oh, I, I, I am. I am too. So, <laughs> um, I, I mean, but I've got some stuff sitting around that I've not opened. Just and I do sort of have that mindset of well, that that is kind of a special bottle, so I should maybe I'll wait a little while, and you know, I I should just open it. But uh, you know, th- there there are plenty of open bottles to grab, so. Uh, I, I I will say I have recently thought, okay, I, I really need to settle on some things or explore some things that are just, I can walk into the store and get it and I'm happy with it. And because it's, you know, you sort of, you, you go through those, through those stages of I've got to have this thing that's hard to find yeah. or that I have to show up at the store at a certain day to get. And I'm not saying I, do, I won't do that, but for example, uh, talking about how easily influenced I am by uh, by bourbon media, that I, I I went and got the the Russell's Reserve Ten that you all recently reviewed, and it's really good. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, uh, you know, it's lower proof than I had normally been um, been used to and pursued, but uh, but it really is just nice to sort of sit back with and and. I have never really clicked with Eagle Rare for whatever reason. I mean, I'm not oh, saying okay. I don't like it. It's just people. There are a lot of people who love it. Oh yes, I, I have not. I have not. I have not been one of those people. If if it's that, and I've got so I've got a store pick I, <laughs> that I need to open and try and see <laughs> what I think about it. But um, but I will say the Russell's Reserve Ten, which to me is kind of an equivalent to Eagle Rare. Uh, mm. as far you know, 10 years, same proof. I, I like it better as far as I'm concerned. Sure. I would rather, rather have the, the Russell's reserve 10. If, if given a choice between a poor of the two, that's the one I would choose at this point. But it is also something I can walk into a store anytime and get. And yeah, it's for a even, really good it's, price it's, too. It's cheaper. Yeah. Like 25 yeah. bucks at Kroger or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, Eagle Rare, you, I mean, Eagle Rare is not hard to find if you're wanting to get it, but <laughs> you can't typically, if you decide on some random Tuesday, I want to go buy a bottle of Eagle rare, you're not yeah. going to be able to do it. Yeah, exactly. But Russell's reserve 10, you can find anytime you want to. I, I, um, I think it, that it'll be there. we could, we could very well be poised to see the Russell's 10 year being <laughs> well regarded in the next couple of years. I think that as people are starting to, you know, try to find the replacements for what were their daily drinkers, you know, uh, the special reserves, the Heaven Hill bottled and bonds, you know, things like that. Um, as they start to venture out into the the world of cheaper yet high quality bourbons, I think that Russell's Reserve ten year small batch is going to. I, I think it might make waves. And I know that's a strange prediction to to have, but I, I think that it's an so, unsung so what you're hero. Saying is um, I need to, you're saying I need to go buy a bunch of bottles. Is that what, that's what I clearly hear. I'm saying go buy a case, <laughs> Alan. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and, and Five be, years from now, you remember when it was just on the shelf all the time? Oh, my you could gosh. Just walk in? 
what, what, the, the thought of like what is going to be the next bottle where we go. You remember when like that? I, right. I, I don't know what that's going to be just yet. And and I I wonder if we will ever get to the point. I don't think we will. But should that day come where we're like, can you remember when Jim Beam White Label eighty proof was on right. the shelf for <laughs> for fifteen bucks a bottle? I, you know, Turkey, Turkey has on the whole seemed to do a very good job yes. of keeping up with things. Of course, anytime you're dealing with a 10 year old product though, you know, it, you, you can't just make more of it all of a sudden. <laughs> right. You, exactly. You have, you, exactly. Have wait, you have to wait 10 years. Um, so it's, you know, it's, it's something that there is a, there is a finite amount of it over there. Well, sure. Uh, and in, I mean, with, with a Anderson small batch County. product too, I mean, you're you're waiting for barrels to taste like they should be introduced into this blend, or you're waiting for, you know, the the right blend to come about. So there's no there's no one moment that makes it perfect, right? Right. So it, I mean, there there is no exact science. I mean, I I, I love the, I, the 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 notion that you know you can do as much work into producing a a perfect barrel into producing a perfect uh, uh, white dog. But once it goes into the barrel, you have totally lost control over how it's going to age. I think that's sure. so beautiful, honestly. And that's one of the things that keeps me interested in drinking bourbon. When you look at, at the variety of places that Wild Turkey even has, because they've got the, the whole Camp Nelson stuff. Very and, true. Uh, you know they're getting a, a much different. Well, I mean, as you can tell from the from the Russell's Reserve store picks, they're getting a a different, at least something different over there. Right, and that's you know that that's a that's a feature, not a bug. That's something you you want and and people prize and people can seek out. But so I I have been trying to 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 think. Okay, let's sort of find a little bit of a rotation of things that I will try to always have that I can always get. And so um, right now, I think probably Wild Turkey 101's in that, uh, the Russell's Reserve 10, and a, a recent discovery, I mean, dis- I say discovery, I mean, people know about it. It's not <laughs> like I found it or anything, but uh, is the early times bottled in bond. Oh, I, yes. I am a, Absolutely. I am a, a big fan of that. And, uh, and I think it, it's, it's really... I mean, just really, really good, and uh, and I think that uh, that people people should jump on it, but don't make it hard to find. So I'm Old Forester seems to have a pretty good job, seems to do, or I guess in this instance, Brown Foreman seems to do a good job of keeping things around. Although they they had trouble with the 1910, I guess, but that was <laughs> unexpected issue but uh but that would you know that's something to me that is good uh, mckenna i really like but it's you know I, and i've got some it's not like i'm i'm out but uh, you know you, you can't go find it either all the time and it's gotten it's gotten expensive uh, i mean relatively expensive you have to remember it's a it is a 10 it's also 10 years so uh, you know it's yeah. um i think it's one of those things that kind of like the Heaven Hill six year uh, bottled in bond we was undervalued uh, <laughs> for a long time and you get used to it and yeah of course 
it's the it's the hip thing to do online these days to bash McKenna bottled in bond, but all those people loved it before it won an award. So, um, or, or I mean, or, I, uh, I I still love that bourbon. I really truly oh, do. Oh sure. I, I mean, before Minnick said anything nice about it, everybody thought it was great. So, um, <laughs> you know, there's a thanks, there's, Fred. There's a <laughs> that's right. But I mean, there's. <laughs> Sometimes I, I'll see on the the various bourbon forums, you know, is what what do you think about X bourbon? Well, to hear tell from any of those forums, there is no there is no good bourbon because every any bourbon you post, there are going to be two or three guys who are going to pop on and talk about. Uh, well, that's just a drain pour. It's awful. Why yeah. are you you know why are you, why are you drinking that? It's just you know right. stop right you know just stop stop it. It's not <laughs> it's not true. Um, and uh, it, they get, I guess they get too cool for it. I don't know, but just, well, I feel feel about it the same way that I do uh, fans of star Wars movies. So nobody, nobody hates star Wars more than star Wars fans. That's right. Well, right. I, I have opinions about that, but, uh, but I mean, nobody hates popular bourbon more than bourbon consumers. Right. I mean, they, yeah. they everybody is so quick to judge or quick to jump on the bandwagon of, yeah, it was never really that good anyway. Don't don't you remember when we had this X Y Z or, right? You know, these bottles A B C were so readily available or, or whatever. But you know, it, was there ever a quote unquote heyday? Was there right. ever a yeah. period where people were universally impressed and pleased? Yeah, we can par- paraphrasing Yoga Bear, maybe Yoga Bourbon. I don't know, but that say <laughs> that uh, you know that the, that that bourbon is so popular nobody buys it anymore. Exactly. You know that that's sort of, uh, which is sort of the impression you get with Blanton's, for example. Blanton's sure. is, is easy to hate on these days, and I like and I like it. I mean, I'm yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I I don't drink it as often as I used to, no. and I've got some around, and I I don't chase it, um, but I like it, and it's you know it's good. It's not it's not bad, <laughs> and uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and people acting like that it is, it's, I mean, it's just it's just ridiculous. I I and and as we are having this conversation, I'm looking into my my cabinet and going, gosh, I haven't I haven't had any of that in a while. I haven't, you know, touched those bottles in in a minute, but it and now now I feel like I'm just going to come out of <laughs> this recording with a, <laughs> like an armful of different bottles and, you know, I don't I don't have a tasting partner at this point with, you know, my wife being pregnant, but <laughs> well, you just you need to record uh record more uh of the bourbon in a box or whiskey in a box. Yes, uh, absolutely. Episodes. <laughs> I've, I will say that, that one of the things that I have been doing recently is watching those. That, that's been one of uh-huh. my uh, scroll through and uh, see if Dixon has uploaded one or, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, or the, the guys uh, down with the podcast and uh, you know, those are fun to watch. And uh, Dixon's always hilarious. Doing oh, them, he's, so. he's great. I love his, he has a very wry sense of humor. He does. He's he's just very, very, very enjoyable to watch in those instances. But Alan, uh, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap things up. Um, I really appreciate you uh, hanging out with me for a little bit and checking in. Well, thanks for having me. Absolutely. And I, I again, I look forward to once things return to the uh, the relative normal 
<laughs> after COVID-19 scare passes, uh, being able to sit down with you and actually, you know, maybe we could do some food and bourbon pairings. Yeah, it sounds like fun. And I'll send people over to the Eat Kentucky podcast, which they yes. can download wherever fine podcasts are available. And you can also follow uh, Alan at Eat Kentucky. At Eat Kentucky on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. There you go. Instagram's sort of where I live mostly, <laughs> right. but uh, right. Facebook to some degree. And But anyway. Yeah. So thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely, man. It was great getting to getting to catch up with you for a little bit. Uh, if you want to follow the show, it is at my bourbon pod on all social media outlets. You can give us a five star rating and review on the iTunes app, and then you can become a patron of the show at patreon.com slash my bourbon podcast for as little as a dollar a month. And for as little as five dollars a month, you can get bonus content uh, from the podcast. So I think that does it for this ISO session. Thank you again, Alan, so much for sitting down with me, buddy. Thanks a lot for having me. It was fun. For sure. And we will see you on the next regular episode and on the next ISO session. But until then, I'm Perry, and this is my bourbon podcast, ISO Sessions. Mm-hmm.